Today is the day to wake, work, and win. Welcome to The Standard. Can't wait to hear what's going on these days. Oh, man. Actually, I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, first, though, I want to say that if you like what you're hearing now, think about joining our Patreon. I mean, you get more content, you get discounts on gear, you get an easier ability to, to kind of connect with everybody else, and it's as low as like three bucks a month. We used to say that it was like for the price of a cup of coffee, but you can't even get a cup of coffee for three bucks. No, not, especially not the stuff that you're buying. Oh, man. You're all fluffy and whipped it's cream true. and... Oh, flat white today or something like that. Oh man, that was that was tasty. Yeah. That was yeah, tasty. It's not gonna happen. So, check us out at Patreon.com/slash/ForgeYourLife, or you can go through our website, the-standard.us. All right, on to it. On to business. Standard issue. Standard issue. People are liking these. I like doing them. All right. <clears throat> Although my Google searches are getting, I was wondering how deep into the Reddit hole you're going to find some deep, of these. dude. Uh, yeah, I find most of these on Reddit, and then they go to the, <laughs> I go to the, uh, but then it's the after, like when you look for, especially this one. This one I'm on some watch lists after. Not this first story, the third one though. I think I think it's the third one. Okay. All right. Do you want free hot dogs for life? This has nothing to. Do. Usually I like to do public service stories. This one has nothing to do with it. I don't. They're kind of disgusting. Hot dogs? Yeah. Oh. I mean, what about... Are Every you a, once in a while at a barbecue, but... You're a baseball player. Isn't that what you people eat? No. We sit in the dugout or the bullpen. We eat sunflower seeds. Oh, like men. And then we go home and we eat meat and potatoes. And <laughs> all that. At least that was what right. was in college. Free hot dogs for life. They can be yours if you commemorate a tattoo to Alston Dive Bar. Last week, the Silhouette Cocktail Lounge, better known as the Sill... Uh, offered a new deal for its customers. Get a tattoo related to the bar, and you're entitled to one sill dog per visit. So Blair Hugh, a master's student at Boston College, was the first to rise to the challenge. (laughs) Here's the problem. He's never stepped foot in there. So he just heard about it and decided to get a tattoo commemorating this bar. He saw it on... Of the bar, or does it have to be a hot hot dog tattoo? Uh, It's a hot dog tattoo. Okay. I'm going to put it up. Okay, all right. Right here. This episode is brought to you by us, more importantly, our Patreon, and most importantly, our Patreon members. If you like what you're hearing, think about joining us. Head on over to the-standard.us, and for as little as $3 a month, you can get extra episodes, discounts on gear, monthly conference calls. So head on over to our site at the-standard.us, and remember to always like and subscribe. Back to the show. What I also want you to put up too, while we're on the topic of hot dogs and oh yeah, and like logos, you need to put up that logo of one of our stations. The next oh. one is the best firehouse logo I think I've ever seen. I think our logo—it's on your cup, actually. Um, our logo is fantastic. It's the, it's we're the, the Hamden helpers. The hamburger helper, but we're the Hamden helpers, right? And I think it's a fantastic, but I think theirs is actually we like to help. Better. We're helpers. Yeah, heck yeah, we do. Yeah, I'll put up there uh, the old hot. We dog should do like a vote which ones we should. You know what we should do? Send us 
your best fire department logo, and nothing with skull and crossbones. And how about this? If you, you think know, it's hair the, on fire, if you like, think it's the best, send it to us. I want. And we'll put it I'm up. I'm a baseball logo. player. All right, you're like, a fire. I come from a place. True, I was a baseball <laughs> yeah, player. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I come from a place where the mascots are kind of. It's kind of. It can be a joke at a time, right? Isn't that what your hat is? The trash pandas. Yes, Rocket City trash pandas. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Right, uh, yeah. biscuits. You know, they're 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 one of the. Uh, I think it's Montgomery. The biscuits. That's their name. The biscuits. Yeah. All right. I mean, there's all kinds of like that. Um, the Scottsdale Community College in Arizona. They're the artichokes. Do they have a cool logo? I don't think so. Okay. But well, you have to have a cool na- logo. Yeah, but the name, the name's big. You know. Well, so if you have cool logos, send it to us. Mail at the dash standard dot us, yeah. and then we'll put them up for a vote, and we'll we'll let the. Uh, We'll let the fans decide. All right. So he, this guy just saw it on TikTok, and he said, when the opportunity comes a knocking, you have to answer. <laughs> and I'm sure the hot dogs are great. So he still has not gone in to actually give these things a, a taste test. Um, so my question to you is, buddy, what company would you get a tattoo for for free stuff? Patagonia. Really? Yeah, that stuff's so good. Quality. You, you know? I'm actually and, surprised. And, and think about, you know, like some of the hat. Like, you put that logo somewhere on you, it'd look all right. A Patagonia logo? Yeah. Oh, I have a feeling that there's a lot of people out here in Colorado who move out here and get a Patagonia and a Subaru tattoo just right on top of each other. Maybe. Yeah. All right. I'm on board with that. I mean, it's off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, what's the worst fire tattoo you've ever seen? Well... <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few. <laughs> I, Fire tattoo. Yeah. Man. As someone who has a lame tattoo. Are you talking about a firefighter who has a really terrible tattoo or a fire-based tattoo? Like I'll go topic? either way. It's one that you've seen. You're I've, like, seen I've, I've seen a firefighter with a tattoo that is just above the just above the buttocks. <laughs> Seriously? The of the waist. The old tramp stamp. I couldn't believe it. Ser- I had to see it with my own eyes. I couldn't believe it. Interesting, but this dude was what big, was big and strong, so you don't say anything to him because he fuck you up. What does the, what is the tattoo? Of? I don't know. I didn't stare that long. How well, do you? I not? felt uncomfortable staring. Really? Yeah. Because he has the old what is that like an Alabama license plate or whatever <laughs> they call that. <laughs> so uh, it's is it more about location than actual content? A little weird. I think it was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, we got a buddy. Um, one of my most favorite humans has one on his butt of a, God, is it a frog in a top hat? It's really, really good. But yeah, it was definitely one of those like, drunk, Why'd you get that? Oh, I just felt like it. It was like a drunk college yeah. college thing. But yeah, I think we saw the era of like shitty, really shitty tattoos. Are people getting less tattoos anymore? No, they're getting more. Substantially it's increasing? more. Oh, yeah. Well, it used to be this, like, you got a tattoo if you were like, oh, boom. Badass, like I'm a biker, or yeah, that's what I did when I was 18. I was a fucking badass pirate tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Funny story. So I got this tribal eagle on my shoulder. The classic. This is the like late 90s, early 2000s tattoo. (laughs) It did have some actual meaning to it. Uh, It was kind of connected to to my brother. I won't get into that, but um, it did actually have some meaning. But you're right. It was you know classic, right? There's some comedian who's like, "What tribe are you from?" So (laughs) when my daughter was younger. She thought it was a parrot. <laughs> so she'd be like, so one day she's just like, Dad, you got a parrot on your shoulder. And you're like, 
damn it. I know other people have parrots on their shoulder. How come yours doesn't talk? <laughs> no. Oh, that's awesome. Would you I, ever get it removed? I've actually thought about it. Yeah. Um, you know, not for any reason. Like, I'm not ashamed of it or something. Yeah. Like, but um, and it has I, and it has legitimate meaning. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it, if it costs a lot of money to get removed and there's any risk, like I don't really care that much. You know. Yeah. I thought about maybe is there something I could do to convert it into something else that means more now that would still like hold that and then you know would encompass other things that uh, these days you know maybe just, my kids and family i know i just got it right here we go you take the mustache from our logo that becomes where your armband is and you get a hand and helper logo perfect missions mission accomplished already figured it out for you that's not funny how much would it take for you to get a face tattoo you could pick anything oh, you want shit man and it's from NECA. It's just, how about this, NECA? And you talk, I just think that creates, from what I want to do in life, in the in the circles I run in, stuff like that, uh, it creates an unnecessary barrier. Let's just pretend that I want to coach baseball team, right? Right. And, and you got, like, I, butt and here, nuggets. And here I am, like, trying to recruit girls. a player or, you know, I got to meet with the parents or whatever, right? I got big old face tattoo. It just depends. I mean, there's some guys that have like the neck and face, and I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's cool. That goes with them. And you don't really, but it's the ones that it's the whole face. <laughs> You're like, shit, man. Well, how much would it cost? And you and you could pick whatever I want. It could be small. I don't, dude. It just. I'd love to say that for like millions of dollars, I would do it, but I don't know, man. Oh, just, I would do it for millions of dollars. A face tattoo? Yeah, dude. What is? A million dollars? Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I think you're underestimating the like the amount of extra shit you got to go through just by having that, like dealing with people and in, in your interactions and all that. You know, I agree with you, but I think I'd be willing to risk it. Okay. You know. Yeah. That's a lot of ducats, That's man. That's a good question. I'm just gonna play Powerball tonight and get my money that way. How about that? Oh, dude, you hear about this? Is not one of these stories, but. This guy in China won $30 million, and he showed up to get his check in a mascot costume because he doesn't want his family to become <laughs> fat and lazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's hilarious. It's funny. Every time you buy like these lot of tickets to these big drawings, you like start thinking about what you do. Yeah. Not necessarily with the money, but I'm like, what will I do with the winning ticket? Yeah, it's like I'm going to quit my job and go get a safety deposit box, put the ticket in there. And then, then it's like months of figuring out how to plan this the best way. Oh, uh, I mean, so you they're going to find out. Two lawyers. Ah, fuck that. What do you mean, fuck that? I mean, you I need one lawyer to I look need, at the other I one. need somebody, I need a lawyer that I know before that, like, that amount I'm not of money. With people I don't know. That amount of money, it doesn't matter if I know. you know them or not. Well, but guess who holds the fucking cards? <sighs> oh, man, I don't know. I'm getting two lawyers. Who hate each other, <laughs> so they are. So they're constantly like trying to make sure that the other one's not fucking me over. All right, you know. So they won't. Well, they'll never be in cahoots. Balance each other out. Yeah, maybe one who stole the other one's wife. You know, I gotta find that combo. Might be kind of tough, but find I find that in the fire service. I oh, can find that on a lot of things on the okay. internet. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Just some. T- just some facts. Just gonna throw out some tattoo facts. Fifty-nine percent of women have tattoos. Compared to only 41% of men. Ladies are really representing. Um, Ladies can get away with like 
the toe tattoos, the wrist tattoos. I like those very feminine, thin tattoos. Right. I think they have more spots. I I feel like men, it's, you're either a dude who is like going for sleeves and like you're all in everywhere. Or lower backs. (laughs) Or, um, I think you're doing like a shoulder, like men are more limited to like shoulders and maybe I got to, I got to ask, hold on. We're got, who, who has this, what's, who's the person's name who has this lower back tattoo? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, dude. Of course he does. Uh, all right. Uh, your skin is pierced 50 to 3000 times per minute by a tattoo machine. Piercings, huh? No. Oh, pierced. Oh, I thought we were moving into piercings. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. Uh, for your sake, I won't ask that. Um, the oldest, <laughs> the oldest tattoo, dates back to uh, three thousand two hundred and fifty BC. Oldest known tattoos. Remember when some people were getting branded? Oh yeah, that was big in the college game, the college football, and I think mo- a lot of African American colleges. Their fraternities, that was like a big thing to get really? okay. branded. There is a whole Would you do that? Get branded? Yeah. You could create your own ranch brand. You know, my wife's you could company. brand yourself. My, your my wife's company has a brand. You just do that. You know, oh, the Monofato? Monofato, right up. my lower back. <laughs> I put a red on your ass. I get free, free gift boxes for life. <laughs> uh, Monofatoshop.com. So... All right, we're moving on. Okay. Well, well, wait. So, hot dogs for life? Yeah, you get hot dogs for life. Is he the only one, or is everybody doing this? As of right now, he's the only one. But you only get one hot dog per visit. They're saying that the 100th person to do this will get as many hot dogs as they want. Every time they visit? Every time they visit. And the hot dogs are like three bucks a piece. Well, I mean, the way they look at it is you get free advertising. and That's a win-win. We're talking about them. Yeah. You know? Okay. And this is where? This is in Boston. Austin? Boston. Oh. Austin, Massachusetts. <laughs> next. Um, next. Next topic. All right. There's recently been a lot of talk about the dangers of AI, with folks like Elon Musk sounding the alarm and suggesting a very real possibility that we may be on the brink of engineering own demise. Cybersecurity guru Nick Patterson of De- Deakin University in Australia has now jumped into the conversation, warning that it isn't about artificial intelligent military systems or infrastructure that could pose a threat, but sex robots. Speaking with the Daily Star, I'm, I'm sure is Here you are deep, deep in this hole. <laughs> Dude, just wait. What? Just wait. The Daily Star, which I'm sure is an incredibly reputable, the New York Times of Australia, I'm sure, um, Patterson notes that the potential uh, for hackers to target robots designed for intimacy could put users at risk. Okay, this is Patterson talking. Uh, quote, hackers can hack into the robot or robotic device and have full control of the connections, arms, legs, and attached tools, like in some cases knives or wielding devices. Often these robots can be upwards of 200 pounds and very strong. Once a robot is hacked, the hacker has full control and can use uh, instructions and give con- instructions to the robot. Oh man, you you grab a, an appendage and you hold on. It's game over. It's game over. Game over. What happens if one of those things malfunctions? Speaking of like torture, you know, like is there a emergency stop button? You know, like you're at the gas tank, right? And <laughs> the gas you're filling up, and 
everything, you know, somebody right. runs off with the, the pump and. Let's say you're going to build a sex robot. Where are you putting the off button? <laughs> <laughs> There's no safe word, right? Because it's got to be a button, right? I mean, I think the safest thing to do is have it uh, be pl- like a plugged into I think the wall. You need a wireless like button like, like in Jeopardy. Like it's just in your hand the whole time. And you're like. Hmm. I don't, I don't nope. know. Game I think over. you got to have a plug. Be able to like no, no, unplug it from the wall. That takes too much time. Mm. Remember, it has to be simple. Like the mind is off in a different world. They can't focus on small, <laughs> mind, mo- mo- fine motor mo- skills. <laughs> <laughs> it it only can focus on on big movements like thrusting and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your safe word? Uh, couldn't be couldn't be profanity, right? Couldn't be like fuck because you no. would be like fuck. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I just have to be some random. I think you just open up the dictionary and be some random. Yeah, but random what if word. it's like really hard, like onomatopoeia? <laughs> you know, like you can't, you can't really come up with that. I think you got to go simple and maybe one syllable. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's right around. Anyways, yeah. Think apple. About, think about apple. Apple. Right. Yeah. I love it. Um, how much do you think a sex robot costs? All right. What are they capable of? I think, everything? I think you could say everything. I have some uh I'm gonna read you well, it's something. It's gotta be it's gotta be at least ten grand or more. It might yeah. have to be more. Five to fifteen thousand dollars. Perfect. Okay. All right, I got enough in savings. Now I'm gonna for read you. you something. I mean, I'm gonna get one for you. Well, <laughs> this might uh this is what got me on some lists. Oh, all right, okay. All right. So this, this is what got you on list. This is what got me on some list. So I, I looked up how much these things were, obviously. And then there was a tab that said cleaning and maintenance. Nasty, <laughs> so dude. That's fucking nasty. Obviously, I had to look it up. So, this is from sexdolls.com. Okay? And this is... What have we come to? <laughs> yeah, I know, man. But, uh, you know, some male and females, this is this is a thing. This is a part of our life now. And you got to think... You that, know this is coming to... The fire service here pretty soon. Meaning we're going to respond on something like this. Death by sex robot. I mean, yes. clearly, if these things get so, hacked, like, it'll be an extrication of man versus machine tried. classes. You know, I mean, we, I, I have personally gone on some calls uh, with things that have been stuck in someone, or they are stuck in something. But how about just being trapped by this robot? Like, what the robots like? I'm not even. Anyways. Okay. Cleaning and maintenance. Right. Okay. This is a legitimate website that people go to and they spend tens of thousands of dollars on. All right. Do they send it in? Oh, no. Ship back? Oh, no. They they give you a cleaning kit. Okay. All right. This is (laughs) cleaning your doll (laughs) is obviously of the utmost importance. So, how often would you think they suggest you clean this thing? It should be clean daily, but it's probably going to be, right? I mean, two to four weeks. Nasty, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that is vile. That is fucking vile, man. So, what do you, I mean, how would you clean this thing? Do you think? Pressure washer, bro. Okay, so they have a, uh, get it all up in there. A vaginal irrigator is what they call <laughs> it. Are we talking? I'm just telling you, man. <laughs> Some other things, uh, antibacterial soap, water, uh, a non-abrasive drying cloth, and medical pinchers. No idea what that is. 
I don't really care, actually. Absolutely no idea. I just I couldn't believe that someone had to actually type that. And how do we get? What was the main thing on this topic? Uh, AI. Okay. AI. Okay. All right. Yeah, but obviously, us mainly controlled by I think like most of the engineers. I think it's pretty safe to say on this stuff are male, and of course they're going to make it about sex at some point. You know. Yeah. Savages. All right. Let's head down to Florida, where things are normal. And I do like Florida. Uh, I like the way they operate. Let's put it that way. Uh, I think you're uh, you either enjoy the beach, or you're in like a barren wasteland on the in like interior. Of yeah, I just like politically Florida. the way they're operating. Oh. Last couple of years, I'm. Well, this is this kind of has uh, a lot to do about politics. Okay. Attorney who fought Florida helmet law dies in motorcycle crash while not wearing one. Uh, well, th- you know what? That is completely expected. It's like we were just talking the other day. When the mayor of Denver said he didn't want anybody to travel, right? Yeah. And then over Thanksgiving, like in the middle of the pandemic, and then where was he? He was at the airport leaving for Texas to travel. No, like, this is the exact opposite. He no, had, he's advocating people wear helmets. No. No, he fought so people didn't have to wear helmets, and then, oh, and he, then died. he died. Oh, I've read that wrong. Yeah. We so we start it over? No. I think it's great when, when you mess up. <laughs> In the late 90s, when Florida bikers were still required to wear helmets, Pinellas lawyer Ron Smith was an aggressive advocate for overturning the law. Smith was a member of ABATE, a brotherhood against totalitarian enactments and American bikers aimed toward education. Jeez, what a mouthful. Which lobbied against the law for years. Uh, Smith did not like being told what to do and valued his independence. And said Dave Newman who met the attorney through the American Legion post in Old Town, where they were both members. Uh, Newman says he thought everyone should have their own choice. Well, I would say... What do you, he, what do you think? What do I think? I guess I'm okay. I mean, yeah. it's a huge risk to be on a motorcycle and ride on the, any public road or highway. So, But, hey, man, your, your call. We shouldn't force people to make good decisions. Do you need to be forced to wear a seatbelt, though? Um, Is there seatbelt laws? That's similar. Yeah. Let me think about that. Should they have their choice? You should only have a choice if you are 21 years of age or older, right? Like, if you're an adult, so like in in this one. probably, right? For in Florida, if you're over 21 and you have at least $10,000 worth of insurance, you can not wear a helmet. I actually think that's pretty fair, right? You can pay for... The mistake that impacts other people, and you're old enough to be stupid. Yeah. Right? You make a bad choice if you want. But I think trying to legislate good behavior is clearly not ever going to work. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, some of the similar stuff seen on, like, I don't know. I was trying to think, is it similar to telling somebody regarding like illicit drugs and stuff like that you know like you got to wear a helmet should we mandate somebody that you know as much free stuff they're giving out these days hey uh we're gonna mandate the way you actually inject this drug into your arm you know like that kind of along those lines you know yeah me personally i think you're nuts to ride a motorcycle anyways i mean seeing what we've seen i just like you never win i feel unsafe sometimes in just like sedans on the vehicle yeah. or on, on the road right like just being low to the ground and seeing these you know 
trucks and their grill is like at my head level. Right. You're you're you know? done, dude. Yeah. So riding a motorcycle, I mean, even just riding a regular bike, I don't even want to ride in the roads. You know, I always find like bike paths and quiet mountain roads or something that yeah, nobody's dude, you're, on. You're toast. Fuck that. Yeah. So some helmet stuff. Helmets decrease the risk of death by motor motorcyclists by thirty seven percent. I actually thought it would have been higher, but thirty seven percent estimated to be about forty one percent effective for motorcycle passengers, meaning that for every hundred motorcyclists, forty one could have been prevented. Uh, deaths could have been prevented if their riders were wearing helmets. In states without helmet laws, fifty percent of motorcyclists who died in twenty twenty were not wearing a helmet, compared to eleven percent with the states that had the helmet laws. Yeah, I'd wonder they have more detailed data on that of, you know, did they die from head trauma? Right. You know, like, was the helmet actually something that would have saved them, you know? Or the helmet was just... But I'm sure. I mean, in their usually when you're in a motorcycle accident and you die, there's, some, there's some head. Like, you're just, you're not protected by the vehicle. Yeah. They have those, uh, like, airbags that as you are, f- as you go from vertical to horizontal airbags pop out and what you wear yeah there's like jackets and damn that's got to be expensive yeah or like you know what happens if what happens if like you you get off your bike and you just fall over you're parked that thing pops (laughs) in the parking lot kicks you up like 10 (laughs) feet off the ground (laughs) he died from not the accident he just fell off his bike (laughs) just in the parking lot Uh, that's awesome all right This one's going to take a bit of a serious turn, okay? Uh, In late May, uh, this is in Flint, Michigan, uh, 12-year-old Zaire Mitchell and 9-year-old Lamar Mitchell died after briefly surviving a fire at their home in Flint, Michigan. The two boys were eventually discovered inside the second-floor room in a house that was just a three-minute walk from the local fire station. Weeks later, the city's fire chief determined, so the way that this is, the big issue with this is that the two kids that died were black and the two firefighters that were searching for them were white. And then later in the fire, two, uh, a set of two black firefighters found the two kids. So they were, they were saying that this was racially motivated. That's not why I brought this story up. They, they are, these two firefighters in the, in the city itself are getting sued. For two firefighters, the the, first ones, the the first ones that missed the kids. So, so kids were missed on a on a primary primary. Yeah, the fire is over. It probably clearer vision. Secondary search finds them. Correct. Where Flint? No, but where in the house? Second story bedroom, like under a bed or you know it doesn't say uh, in this one. And I tried to look for other. What were conditions like during the primary search? Man, I I tried to legitimately find other information about the fire on like fire websites, and it seems like this this one is the only one that's out there. So, th- I'm bringing up this story because I think that I'll I'll, I'll keep reading. So, uh, when the fire broke out Saturday morning in May, it was rank and file firefighters who first called 911. They were alerted to the blaze by a passerby. They could see smoke coming out of the house. So clearly this was possibly already self-vented. This was a fire that had uh, had progressed. Uh, emergency personnel rushed to the scene. These uh, two white firefighters were a two-person team that performed the sweep on the second floor of a two-story home. Upon finishing their first sweep of the second floor, the team called off a second sweep. So I don't know... This is clearly was not written by a firefighter, nor... Sweep, right? Right. So 
I don't have a hundred, I don't have, you know, a ton of accurate information on this. It wasn't until seven minutes later. And this later, is the way the article's written, yeah. where it's like they're describing the firefighters based on their race. Correct. Okay. So this is right. clearly, uh, but that's, it's not really what I want to yeah. hit on. Uh, it wasn't until seven minutes later uh, when the childs basically were found by the second uh, group. So what I want to, uh, what I think is really interesting is that we often have gotten a pass at the performance we have at structure fires. Hundred percent. And there's now no, there's no, there's really no accountability. Zero. Even if you, in societies like justice system, right? There's no accountability on the fire ground, right? Like yeah, they were just we, starting to see if we as, right. We as firefighters could watch a scene. If hopefully you'd see the whole thing so you wouldn't like Monday morning. You you see this 30-second snippet. You know, you, hopefully you see the whole thing, right? right? And we could watch that and go, yeah, that that was at least, that's not how that should have gone. They aren't prepared. Like, you know, guys aren't in gear, stuff like that. Obviously. But there's still no accountability. Right. right? Well, like, uh, in, like I said, in the justices, like, like police would have. If police are on camera and they don't do something – or do something that's negligent, like they can be held criminally liable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what I find interesting about this is that regardless of uh, the outcome of, of this particular one, because it seems to be more based on race than it does on firefighter performance, which I, I think is a, a huge issue that we obviously are – very much invested in changing um that that this is coming i mean it's it's yeah, clear that this particular example though i think that it it doesn't it's not going to hold up i agree because but... we all know the difference between primary search and secondary search and if there's a bunch of smoke i mean you victims can be missed and a lot of times they can be missed just because of experience uh, and it's can, it's hard it's hard, right? You, know, you like can't it's... see. So if you can't see what you're looking for, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of circumstances here, but it's going to be really hard to prove any, like, negligence or, you know, inaction, uh, yeah, I mean, you know? we I have no idea about these two firefighters that missed the kid. I don't know anything about the two firefighters that found him, what their history is, and maybe there is maybe there is something there, but I think it's – important for all of us to feel like and i hope that we get some more accountability when it comes to firefighter performance you know uh have you ever missed anything in a fire of course yeah, yeah i mean it's a it's a horrible i can remember you know being a few years on backseat firefighter and there was a infant fatality and like we had everybody out everybody out and then um, mom came home because grandma was watching all the kids. Grandma got out. Grandma was sitting on the front porch, like smoke inhalation, you know, walked past her. All the other kids got out. And then mom came home and said, where's my baby? Where's the baby? So then we're like, and we would have never have found, I mean, it buried under dry, I mean, the whole room flashed, but buried under drywall and clothes and everything. And you're talking, I mean, I don't know, 15 pounds, 
Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So things get missed. And is it a miss or is it, you know, it had flashed, you know, and we knew it had flashed before we got there because I knew we pulled up and it was just the whole, blown out. The window had failed. It was blown out, extended. But you miss. You miss them and then you can't find it until you can actually see in there. Right. I mean, it, it would be like if I'm trying to, I think most of the people that listen to us have some idea, but I know that some don't of like what that's like. And it's like what it's like to miss something. No, what it's like to search uh, a room. And uh, I would imagine like the hottest environment you can, uh, if you've ever been in a sauna or something like that, imagine that type of heat where you're very uncomfortable. You're wearing oven mitts and you're trying to decipher what things are based purely on feel. And more times than not, it seems like there is shit everywhere. Yeah, picture picture the dirtiest, uh, most cluttered house you've ever been in. Or you know what? Picture your own room in your in your house, right? Yeah, but then everybody everything's strewn across and in the way. And you've never been in there before, right? You know, it's a very it's. I think search by far is the most difficult thing that we do, and so I think. Um, it's also missing something might be like one of the worst feelings you could ever have. Well, I mean, it's coming. I think there's probably going to be something that is put in and then by the time we retire that says when you guys get on scene, there needs to be a camera set up in the scene or something. Officers 100%, 100%. officers are probably say a few it, years away from that. They're going to be body cams, especially with all the other shit we're going on, right? Yeah. It's not fires, so will will they hold up in fires? I don't know these cameras. I mean, we got helmet cams that do, so I'm sure. Yeah, they... but you know, every helmet cam footage you've ever seen, the second you go inside, yeah, and, if you which can't might actually, see, the helmet cam can't see, which might actually help when people are like, "Why didn't you? Why why couldn't you find this?" Like, well, this yeah. is what I was seeing. I mean, it might actually help us out. It may if you had more footage of showing, and and the public was made aware. of, of what it's really like to be inside and how difficult it is. Maybe it would help us get back to the mission a little more. So we focus on just that. Like, Hey, we need to, we need to really focus on this than all the other stuff. At least guys on the line that are part of say a suppression branch, like focusing on mainly fire, you know? Yeah. It would be like a, almost because it's that important. It almost be a wake up call to our communities that, I mean, I think that some people think that's what we do. I think that some people think like, oh, they must be really good at this. They train at this all the time. And this is this is their, like, oh, you're part of fire suppression. That must be all you do. They don't know that we're doing smoke detector installs and inspections and pub ed uh, stuff. And you know? pub ed yeah. stuff. And, um, and the amount of training that we're doing on the things that we should do is pretty little, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you want to get the training in, you'll get it in, and you'll just decide that that's more important. But it's nice when, you know, from an organizational culture view, if a if a department is focused on the training right. first, then it it seems like in those places that there's ample opportunities to get 
what you need to, to be prepared, you know? Yeah. But so, yeah, that's uh here's some search stats. Uh one civilian fire death occurs every hundred and forty four minutes or over every two one every two hours in the US. In twenty eighteen, eighty two firefighters died while on duty. Home fires account for ninety two percent of civilian fire they deaths. Died while on duty, so they weren't nece- some of them necessarily weren't on a fire. A fire, correct. Okay, yeah. Um I think with that stat, I think like fifty percent were medical based. I this thought. was twenty eighteen, so yeah, no, but I remember hearing those stats about on duty deaths, like fifty percent of them oh, were medical. Medical or maybe post fire. Yeah. Seen that. Heart heart problems, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. On average, seven people die in house fires every day. Um, Damn. House fires cause an average of uh, 2,620 civilian deaths a year. Uh, The majority of fire deaths are caused by smoke inhalation. Every year, 500 children, 14 or younger, are killed by fire. It's more than 50% of children ages 5 and younger die while asleep at the fire, so you'll find them in their beds. And one civilian fire-related injury occurs every 35 minutes. So where are where should we be looking? Um, this is from the Firefighter Rescue Survey, which if you are in the fire service, you've got to check this out. And if you have a grab, you should put your information in there because it's only going to help us, help us get better. So 42% of our victims are found in the bedrooms. Um, 11.5% are found in the hallways. 42% um, are found adjacent to the fire room and 23% at the origin of the fire. So check out Clackamas County. They have a fantastic search, like basically truck manual that goes through a lot of this stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's part of our job that we don't get enough training in and hands down the hardest. I mean, you put in more Mets in search than you do. I think it's the hardest skill to replicate on the fire ground, right? Near impossible. Because you can do reps. You can do reps in forceful entry. You can do reps in vertical vent. You can do reps in all the basic skills. And to an extent, a lot of fires have ended up like that. Like the ladder throws that you're doing very much so mimic ladder throws on a fire scene or a forcible entry is very similar to, you know, practicing on the prop. But searching is just one of those things that I think it changes once you get there because typically we don't have cluttered rooms to do it in. Typically we're either doing it at our firehouse or we're doing it in like a concrete building. You know, that you've been in a thousand times. Right. So now you get on on the scene of a house where, uh, you know, everything goes. They've changed the building. They've changed the walls. They've, they've done everything. There's There's beds in the middle of living rooms, you know. And that just makes it super tough. Which, and then which, you're adding smoke. Which and adds to the importance of mastering everything before you get to that point. If you suck at ladder throws or you suck at masking up, now you're coming into that stage of the game that's the hardest and you're already taxed. Or, mentally, but even physically. Mentally, I think even more important is mentally. It's, yeah. It's like you have to think about all that other stuff. And on a search where you can't see and you don't necessarily know where the fire's at and it's hot and there's victims, you've got to be not, you, you can't be thinking about anything else but like what's going on around you 
and like where you need to go, where you need to be and what you need to use to find, you know? We had one recently where uh, we go in on a search and it's totally blacked out. The engine company has already gotten in and they're headed towards the bedrooms. So we went the opposite direction and uh, small house. And we get like two steps in and it's a pool table and you can't go under it. You can't go around it. So we had to like, I found myself on top of a pool table being like, what the, like, what is going on? Right. Then we get off and I feel a riding lawnmower and I'm like, what is happening? So we, we start venting and I find it, we're inside the kitchen with his riding lawnmower and like you, you're not going to recreate that stuff. So being able to enter that situation with a clearer mindset and not physically taxed, that's how you help solve that problem of not being able to train. Yeah. Uh, These are all going to be up on YouTube. So remember to share it with people uh, and subscribe so you don't miss any of our videos.